Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers and creators. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. Well, today is Monday and that means we're getting to know the people behind the stories. We talk to guests from all walks of life and unpack what makes them special. We are naturally curious, Rob. That is what makes us special. Anyway, we could talk about ourselves all day, but Monday's episodes are all about our guests. Let's find out who we're talking to today. Cassie, Steph, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do? Thanks, guys. Excited to be here. Uh, I'm Cassie. I'm one half of the founding team of Butter Insurance. And I'm Steph. I'm the other half. So so tell us what is Butter Insurance because I've been seeing butter everywhere. The hype is real. (laughs) If I look on LinkedIn, I'm seeing your girls' names pop up everywhere. What is Butter? So Butter is a brand new insurance company that's built for millennials and Gen Z and people who want to protect just a few things that they love. So whether that's your snowboard or your laptop or your iPhone or, you know, your designer handbag, whatever you've saved money for, whatever you really love and whatever you've just bought and you're excited about, we want to protect just that, not kind of, you know, the Ikea Ikea dining table sitting in your dining room or the couch in your share house that you got off Gumtree. Um, We're changing the way insurance is sold, delivered and managed and making it really easy, flexible and affordable and and for young people. Mm, Making insurance sexy again. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Has it really been? No, well, we were just, we actually had a It's never been sexy. No, it's never been sexy. We were talking about insurance. Like that's a, that's a, and then you guys just just blow us away. We we got in trouble. I think we're doing the LinkedIn top startups. We were going through and we just did a like first reaction of some of them we'd met and seen or had on the pod, but some like never heard of before. I'm like, oh, insurance. Oh, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. And then then literally the next day I see you guys on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh my God, this, this is, are they inside my head? So, So where did the idea come from and how did you both know each other before this happened? Yeah, so we came up for the idea for Butter actually at a party. We were literally like drinking red wine in a kitchen, <laughs> um, maybe start of last year, and complaining about stuff we'd broken. So Cassie had broken an earring. It was like a $600 earring she was given um, from her fiancé, um, devastating. I'd spilt water all over my laptop and if you've ever dealt with getting that fixed, it's an absolute headache. And we're like, why is it like this? Like, why is life just so hard to get something fixed or like replacing it is so expensive? Um, and it really went from there. Kathy jumped online to try and find modular insurance and there was just nothing available. It was all these old school long forms, confusing policies, like huge costs. And we're like, this is just ridiculous. Why is it like this? Yeah. I think that I found one um, company that did kind of like just a jewelry insurance and I filled out this form and they were like, cool, we'll give you a call back. And I was like, okay. They called me eight times over the space of two days, all within like the hours of midday and 1 p.m. when I was working so I couldn't answer the phone. And then on the ninth time when they got through, they are like, yeah, we'll insure your earring, but you just need to take a picture of your earring in front of a newspaper and make sure you can see the date. And I was like, I don't have a newspaper. No one has a newspaper. Um, take like a pen, a like grab a pen. It feels like a scam. Grab a pen, write down this email, email the picture of this address. And I was like, this is madness. Like, why is it so hard to just insure one thing? So kind of snowballed from there. Um, and we'd known each other for a couple of years at that point I met Cassie actually through my boyfriend so 
um, Cassie and him have known each other for like what 15 years Cass 15 years yeah yeah um, and so we kind of met through that and just became really good friends I think we like both came from a similar like work background um, and friendship kind of grew from there yeah how is it making friends as an adult so you guys are making, you're like you're <laughs> I know friends I know <laughs> yeah wild hey it actually happens yeah and like now we talked we talk to each other more than we talk to our respective boyfriends, so that's good. Well, it's lucky you get along. I feel like Locke and I have been doing stuff now for the best, pod and stuff for the best part of three years and trying things and doing things for probably two years before that. We used to live together and um, with our partners who are now, my wife still Locke's partner, Tiles, and all together. So we've very much learnt what we like and don't like, but have very vulnerable. <laughs> Everyone's very vulnerable. Oh, it's you know? much, you know? Everything's all out and you're just like, well, fuck it. You can't go back from here anyway. It makes it easier, you know? Yeah. And everyone's yeah. got their little their little quirks, right? You just got to get used to them. <laughs> yeah. What You mentioned you have similar working backgrounds. What was it? Was it corporate? Yeah. So we were both, we both started life as lawyers. Um, so I was a lawyer just before we started Butter um, Commercial Law and a big law firm. So I think we, ha- we kind of had that in common. Yeah, I was likewise a lawyer but at a different law firm. So um, we had our bases covered there. Um, and, yeah, I think we'd just been through the same kind of corporate trenches together, if you will. Did you charge by the minute like most lawyers do? Did you have five to post the six clock? minutes. By the six minutes. <laughs> by the six minutes. That's I feel like great. you must be so productive. The way you, you know, think about people- time. You know? Yeah, oh, it's crazy. People think that lawyers are joking when they're like, I charged in six minute intervals. That's not a joke. We charge in six minute intervals and you have to like keep every second of every day. There was one time where like I didn't have, I think, two months of time entries that I hadn't put in and it took me like a whole day just to like go through every day of every month and every minute. It's wild. Does both your brains work like that? Like you can focus intently. I feel like I'll both talk be... real slow. Well, one of one of our best, one of our <laughs> mates, he's, a, he's, a, he's a corporate lawyer and he does the time punching for every six minutes or whatever it is. But I, I feel like you have to have ability to like deeply concentrate on a task, but then like context switching. All right, new one, but I'm going to give them the same amount of focus and just like head down, bum up for like hours. Does your brains both it... work that you can consume stuff like that? Yeah, but like put it this way, when you're under like such time pressure as you are usually as a lawyer, like you just have to get it done. I don't know if it's like our concentration or like the fear of missing the deadline or a little or bit of you, both. Or you become just really self-aware of how much of the day you waste. It's like because you have to be honest in how long you're spending on a task. You're like, okay, well, I worked on it for 20 minutes and then I had a 10-minute Instagram break. So, you know, I have to put that towards like what general admin, like non-chargeable. Um, and so... I think if anything, I became really aware of how much time I waste each day, but uh, yeah, it's still, you know, beneficial in some way. What about like skills and transferable skills now? Like we can get into a bit more about uh, butter butter and all that sort of good stuff, but what about transferable skills now that you're working headfirst in, in startups can, I don't know, each of you want, want to go through like why, like why, why this space? Was it something that you both wanted to be involved in? Yeah. I mean, the, in this, in terms of the transferable skills I mean having legal skills is helpful for any business I think we've saved ourselves a lot of money that's for sure um but it was good for us because insurance especially is quite like reg and compliance heavy and I think um that kind of unsexy area 
of that business would turn off a lot of people from, you know, innovating it. Um, Steph and I, because we're lawyers, weren't really scared of that aspect of insurance because we can read the law and understand it and understand those regulations. So that was very helpful. Um, in terms of other skills, I think it being a lawyer obviously teaches you how to deal with a lot of different stakeholders as well. Um, so you're, you know, chatting to clients. And in my case, I was chatting to bankers and accountants and tax people all day. So kind of I guess working within a broader team was quite transferable for me too. What do you think, mm. Steph? It's like making sense of chaos. Like a lot of lawyers yeah. think that they can't jump into another field because it's all they know. But all the soft skills from being a lawyer there at, you know, 10 p.m. at night, turning away on something where you don't really know where you're going, like that is so applicable to a startup and like being able to take a crazy unknown and break it down into a plan, like absolutely um, priceless for us now. It reminds that's not, me of suits. Not just, oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, it's not just lawyers, like it's a lot of that. Um, it is like suits, except I never saw the inside of a courtroom. That's a lie. <laughs> I was going to say, you don't have to wear the wigs and stuff, do you? That's just the judges <laughs> and shit, yeah? That's just the judges, the barristers and stuff, isn't it? They wear, they yeah. wear the wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. do, yeah. That's crazy. So I see the brand and I think this is fucking cool as. I just love the colours. I just love what you've done with it. What was the inspiration behind that? Who who sort of what what are the responsibilities like? Do you guys have different areas in the business where you just take control of? Um, the brand was really us together. We just kind of designed it on Canva and then got a trial, free trial from Illustrator and made ourselves a logo. And <laughs> it was really kind of um organic. We just wanted to do something that was very different um, to the acronyms is what we call them, which is, you know, GIO, NRMA, IAG, all of those insurance companies. Um, something very fresh, something young, something uh, that was, yeah, a little bit different and a little bit cool and kind of made that that insurance space cool again or sexy again, as you said. Mm, I think we kind of sat there and thought if we're going to succeed as an insurance company, we need to treat ourselves as kind of an e-commerce yeah. brand or a a retail brand that can really connect with consumers um, and that was kind of the direction we went and it it kind of naturally just fell out from there. Yeah. Hey, tell us about some of the early days. So you, you have the idea about butter over a glass of red at a house party. Well, what happens next? Uh, so we side hustled our jobs for a while. I think it was about six months where we were working full time and, just um, putting together decks and things that, you know, late at night or on the weekends. Um, our first deck was literally this, like, hot pink PowerPoint. I look back, it was disgusting Hideous. now, like, just Hideous. shocking. Hideous. And we were just kind of seeing if the idea had legs, doing a little bit of research, um, talking to a couple of investors, um, and we, we spoke to this one incubator investor early on um, called InsureTech Gateway and they're kind of specialists in the InsureTech area. And they really loved the idea. And at that point we were kind of like, well, you know, if they they think that it can work and they know this business better than we do, then, you know, maybe we can make it work. And um, I think it it went from there. Then we got uh, the deal with FPOS, which is massive. Um, and we, we just quit our jobs at that point. So we were like, we have to go all in. Like we have to see this through. I feel like we've got something here and other people are saying that we do too. So we need to to see it through. Yeah. Go all in. Whoa. What about some of those nights then like doing the double, the, the juggle of <laughs> doing, doing work, doing the side hustle, but like hustling to get, get people interested, get 
people, is this, is this worth us quitting and changing our life? It's such a big call. You know, I feel like there's no guarantee in the world of startups and it's a very, like obviously getting backings by some, some amazing things like the F post things sick, a big trigger that says, yeah, fuck yeah, let's have a crack. But before that, I'm sure that those six months of doubling up of telling people and friends, Hey, I'm doing this. Was it weird or is it normal for you to be like side hustling and doing things and trying things outside of what you do? I think it felt a bit weird just because um, I think for a couple of years, at least prior to that, I thought that I was going to be a lawyer and that was my path in life and I'd, you know, work my way to partnership and that was it. And all of a sudden this like side hustle came up that I was really, really passionate about and I was getting to be creative with, which I never got the opportunity to do in corporate law. So it was actually like as soon as I got to work on butter was the best part of the day um, and it wasn't really a strain to ever, you know, be at 9pm at night on the phone to Cassie talking about a meeting or doing something because it was just so invigorating. Yeah, it was fun. Like we were having fun. Like we still are having fun. Um, so I don't think it was ever, you know, hard for us to do that. It's um, it's a big scary jump making the move from corporate life to startups especially as Steph said from law when you spend so many years studying um to become a lawyer and you finally get this job in this big firm and you think that yes like dream achieved tick I'm on the path and suddenly you go hang on I'm not sure that this is actually the path that I want to be on it's really scary um but we were having so much fun that it was just like I don't know it wasn't it wasn't that hard to kind of say let's go all in um, I don't think. Especially when you got a fucking winner. <laughs> you know, you're going fucking, <laughs> dang, everyone's telling us how good it is. Like <laughs> like people around you and the support, how crucial is that though? I'm sure you've got each other, but even the people in your close networks, it sort of falls on them. Because I know when we first started doing things, I've learned to just hold back on everything I was talking about was just what we were fucking doing. You know what I mean? It was like, totally. yeah, I was like, fuck, like, this is literally everything. You know, like how, how how crucial is it to have the support networks around you to, to make sure you're fucking going to bed and eating food and doing all the good stuff? Yeah, and- it's super crucial. And I think it's crucial to support yourself too. Like one thing that people that have made the jump don't talk about is money. Like at my salary more than halved um, kind of overnight or like, you know, was like 40% of what I was earning. And, you know, that six months I was kind of saving and saving and saving up to make sure that I could make that jump comfortably. But I also have a fiance who's been, you know, super supportive and he's like, you do whatever you want to do. And, you know, the house can wait or a mortgage can wait or whatever it is. Cause that kind of gets put on hold when you're not making as much money. So having that kind of financial support, first of all, is huge, but then also the people who are yet like telling you, you know, this is your dream. You've got to pursue it. Um, you've got something good here. Keep going. Keep pushing because it. You know, you can make something out of this, and it's really important, especially on those days where you doubt yourself and the imposter syndrome creeps up, which is you know not so fun. Yeah, I think the support that our respective partners have given us have been like, I don't think we'd be here without them. Just like the emotional support, the emotional outlet as well. Like I think they've been through the through the ropes as well. <laughs> um, like. Shout out to them, to be honest. Um, it's been amazing and, you know, rocking up to a party or to a lunch and you're feeling a bit stressed about butter, but someone then goes, you know, how's it going? Oh, my God, it's so exciting. And just have that excitement around us and joy surrounding us for having a go, let alone if we succeed or not, um, I think has really made the experience what it is. When did it actually kick off? What, like what was the – when you talk about the idea, what what – like early what two years at one year how long of 
That was about the, the first idea was about March 2021. Um, and we've been hustling ever since to to launch our product, which is coming out in the next month. <laughs> yeah, um, next month. It must yes. be are you stoked. Is it like or relieved? Oh, relieved so just be like fuck, nervous. Just let's get this baby out there. Oh, we're desperate, like just dying to get it out there. We want people to, you know, love butter as much as we do. And the only way we'll find that out is when we launch. And if people don't love it, then we need to change it. And, you know, we want all that kind of learning from from people experiencing it the way that we have been for the past 18 months now. Yeah. Well, the hype is real. I'll I'll just give you that. I've seen you guys everywhere, like I've said a million times. But uh, one thing we want to get into some other inspirations so you mentioned like law has there been other people who you've seen go from like law to to go off into the startup world have you had people reach out like friends from law firms you don't have to name name names but um who who see that and go fuck you've inspired me a little bit i think there's a lot of people in professional services who really want to make that jump um i think it's harder than it should be for those people to make the jump because Sometimes lawyers and consultants can be put in boxes of, you know, boring, um, non-transferable skills, that kind of thing. Um, I think that there's a lot of interest from people. Like people have asked us, you know, when can I join Bada? When when are you hiring? All of that kind of thing, which is really cool. Like to see young women in particular, um, you know, reach out via email and ask us when we're hiring and if they can get a job, which is amazing. It's really exciting for us. I think for me, at the start of last year, I did something called the Startmate Fellowship, which is a program run by Startmate here in Australia that helps corporate or women working in corporate or more traditional fields make the jump into startups and show them that it's possible. This is how you do it. This is how you can transfer your skills. And I think for that, for me, really confirmed um, that there there's this whole group of people that have perhaps ended up in the career they don't want to be in or that they're not passionate about and that there's so many more exciting options out there. Um, you don't have to live your life somewhere that, you know, you don't want to jump out of bed in the morning for. Um, and that fellowship was amazing. Um, and, you know, Cassie and I are looking forward to tapping that same network to make a couple of our first key hires as well. Oh, I'm stoked um, that we're, we're getting to hear from both of you how you've actually gone and, and made that jump. We have so many people in our community and our friends in that same sort of thing and might have gone on, got their piece of paper, feel like they might be stuck, but they get stuck on that. Where does that crossover actually happen? Mm-hmm. Like I've been doing this stuff now. I go to work and I know I'm valuable because I get paid X. And it's not, yeah. uh, you mentioned before, Casey, like we're a bit the same. Like we we run our business for the last 18 months where we sacrificed for me, it was more than a third of what my wage was to run mm-hmm. and start what we're doing. And it was like, we had to do it to reinvest back what we're doing. We were bootstrapped. We had no other option, but having that runway and having a planned moment from side hustle to jumping ship, everyone's got their different stories. Like Locke decided on the day that I was, I'd planned my one and Locke decided on the day that- Live for the moment, you know what I mean? I felt, I felt his feelings. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to quit too. And he can. Yeah. <laughs> Before me, before I yeah. did the quit on the same day, he quit. Oh, he jumped you. He yeah. stole oh, wow. your moment. I did. I am a bit of a hijacker like that. But, I do like the attention. You mentioned before, like the, having the, uh, a plan to make this real, like not everyone gets the access to finding funding or finding backing or opening that network. There are a lot of people who are super highly intelligent or they wouldn't have those sort of jobs. But mm-hmm. we had a dude on recently, Jace Atkins from Cake, and he mm. talked about um, everyone's got their different lives. We're lucky at the point that I've now got a little one 
So my needs are changing, which is fucked. <laughs> you know, like my whole life's <laughs> different. But for people who are in those sort of spaces, they have the mortgages, they have the kids, they've got the private school, but they've there's a lot of talent and IP and this amazing yeah. internet that's there that we're not really tapping make, into tapping tapping into yeah. and making the most of. We always talk about trying to get people from like teaching degrees and shit to get in di- different pathways. Term, yeah. But like the corporate world, I feel like there's so many smart people that want this, they're craving that startup stuff, but they either don't take the jump because they're fearful or there's other these other factors. Do you reckon fear plays a big factor though, like outside of the financial stuff? Yeah. It's not, it's I, not safe. I, you know, it's not well, safe. Well, yeah, I think it's it's both, right? Like the the more, I guess, it was a timing thing for us too because when we were like, okay, let's go all in, it's, it's, it's not now or never, but now is a great time for us when neither of us have kids or a mortgage or anything because, you know, the more dependencies on you, the scarier it becomes to take a big risk like that, like, you know, to not have that guaranteed career path and you know even if you took two years off to work in a startup it's even hard to get back into you know your old job after that so I think it's just it's more of a fear of like the the more progressed you get the the harder it almost um is to come back to which I think is where the fear stems from as well as you know losing losing that salary yeah you learn you lose the safety net of working in like a nice cushy yeah you know, corporate job. If you're in a law firm, you have a partner that's backing you. There's a there's a way to get things done, a way to get things signed off, and you lose all of that in a startup. Like there is no, there is no, I don't know, order. There is no like there are no rules. You set the rules. So I think that change as well is really scary for people, and it's a big, there's a big um, transition phase. I think of learning how to deal with that. Someone said that it's like starting a startup is like running a marathon blind, which is so true because you just have no idea like where it's going to be. And so like that fear of the unknown is is still hard for us to deal with every day. I'm sure it's hard for every founder to deal with. So, you know, it is scary. Um, and I think, yeah, that would turn people off somewhat. What about what are some of the challenges? Turn people on too, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, fuck, yeah, I'm yeah. living in the unknown. Yeah. You know, like for me, yeah. it's just like fucking... <laughs> That's what it's all about, isn't it? It's like testing yourself a little bit, but it, it, you can put yourself in da- real dangerous situations. So you need to be smart and, you know, have a plan. But it's interesting, isn't it's it? It's still fun it's too. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun it's life. Fun. And it's and exciting. Doing your own thing. Yeah, it's great. How do you guys set up, your, set up your day? Like when you first, when you're like day one, all right, what 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 time are we meeting? Did you have to do all that? Did you <laughs> have to have them chat? Is it in six-minute blocks still in your own calendar? <laughs> yeah. <or? laughs> Yeah, but we just can't charge for it anymore. <laughs> no. uh, well, Steph and I start mess- like message each other at all hours of, and and that's like, you know, not because we can't switch off. We definitely can, but we just have such an open relationship that whenever an idea pops into our head, we'll just kind of shoot it off to one another. And if there's no reply, like it's fine. It's just so it's there. And I think, so we don't really have like a, okay, let's not message until 9am and let's like cut it off before. It's just, you know, it's almost like back and forth. And, you know, like we talk about butter and then we'll be like strategy and like partner strategy and like accounting. And then we'll be like, by the way, did you see this about the Kardashians? And then we talk about that for a while. So it's not like it's all business all the time because we are quite close friends. Our chats are pretty unhinged some of the time. (laughs) I love that. It makes it easy, doesn't it? I feel the same way with you. Like whenever that's why I think like you have to really like someone if you're going to do, you know what I mean? Like you have to like, a lot of people said don't, do business with friends and stuff, but we found it the best thing because like you said, whenever it's an idea, we do the same thing. Like 
you just want to have it there as a canvas. You know, you'll get back to it, respect each other's mm. time, all that. But you so you know everything about each other's lives. It makes it so easy, doesn't it? Mm. And yeah. I think the only the only thing we had to do is have a really honest conversation of going, okay, like what do we do if we have a disagreement or we are hating on each other because you know we share friends and things like that too. Um, and we wouldn't want anything to derail the friendship or or the business. And I think we've been really good at saying, okay, well, if one of us disagrees with the direction or a decision, it probably means in most cases it isn't the best option and there's something out there that's even better where we both go, yep, we really feel this is right. Um, And we've stayed pretty true at, at, you know, using that as the basis to resolve any kind of issues or decisions that are really really tough so we we haven't come to blows yet which is pretty nice so i'm sure the day will come where you know we need to take some time out from each other i was listening to a podcast i, I don't remember which one it was but it was about the atlassian guys who apparently they never had a founders agreement and and their disagreements were solved with rochambeau which i kind of loved i think that's kind of an interesting way to like rock paper scissors is wild for them to run a company like that. But I think it's that closeness of friendship that allows you to kind of set those kinds of like limits. Trust. That's what makes it special. It's that's trust. what makes it last. That's exactly like, it. We don't need that shit. We could, you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, there's times you do. There's times you do. Sometimes there is times you do. Hey, let, let's get into a bit of a, a, a spotlight. You've just gone through mm. the uh, winter accelerator program for Startmate. Um, for Pete, we haven't had a, a guest like you guys on for a, a while that have sort of gone through that program, which I feel like over the last few years is really, it's, it's booming. So keen to hear a bit more about like your experience. What was it like for people listening who would like to know more about it? What, what actually happened? Um, so, it was oh, ph- phenomenal. <laughs> Sorry. You go, Steph. I was going to say, um, as Cass said, um, took the words out of my mouth. It was a phenomenal program. It was, um, so it's a 12 week accelerator, um, you can apply and be a part of it no matter where you are in Australia or New Zealand. So um, it's pretty remote these days thanks to COVID. I think they used to run a separate Melbourne and Sydney one and now they've kind of expanded from there. Um, and it's really about supercharging your business no matter where you're at. So if you're pre-launched like us or you're a few months into launch or even you know a year or two down the track, as long as you're not too far along, they're there to really help you and go, okay, what's next for you and how do we get you there? Um, and for us, that was about working towards launch, um, helping us raise a bit of money, um, helping us get set up for things like partnerships and the like. And I mean, the standout for me was the community and the mentor network. Um, you know, on day one, you get surrounded by the best of the best founders, operators, investors across Australia and, and more broadly, really, than that globally. And the insights you get, the experiences you can draw on from that uh invaluable and and you know something you get to keep as well once you leave you get to stay with startmate for the rest of your kind of career um and not everyone gets to say that and not everyone gets to tap into that um and it's just amazing i probably can't speak more highly of it the um the founder community that they build too is just incredible like we would find ourselves on investor calls for butter like accidentally pitching other people's businesses in the cohort. It was like, oh, you guys should talk to you to Tara or you you have to talk to Zylo or Eggy or, you know, all of those businesses that were in the cohort, which I just think speaks to the strength of the community that Startmate creates. Um, I've told them it's a bit of a cult, but without like all the bad 
areas of being a cult because everyone just absolutely loves what they've built. And um, that really culminated when we were down in Melbourne last week doing Demo Day, we were pitching um, and the crowd was just so supportive. You know, they they were so pumped for every single startup that got up onto that stage. Uh, just couldn't just couldn't wait to hear what was going to come out of their mouth. So it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. And if founders are listening, applications now open. I don't know when this is going to go live, but they're open till the thirtieth tomorrow. It's live tomorrow. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah. So you go. open till applications the, open. Open till the thirtieth of October. Apply. You've got nothing to lose. And they give you money as well. So that's they do. (laughs) (laughs) They do. I feel like it might it must be nice having other people who are going through whether they're at different stages of their journey, they're all needing some form of help. So you've that founder network of other people experiencing the same thing versus the two of you going back and forth on your conversations trying to build your little business. It it Mm -hmm. it helps to see, I don't know, like connect and, and have other people that you can bounce ideas off or learn what the fuck they're going through. That's absolutely it, right? They've got like student fellows. So throughout the StarMate community, there's student fellowships, there's women's fellowships, there's media fellowships, engineering fellowships. And then you've got the accelerator, which is for founders, but then all of the mentors that they have in that community have also got buy-in in the fund that supports the accelerators. So they've all got skin in the game and they're like experienced professionals, ex-founders, business people, first believers. It's just, it's like the whole startup community come from kind of like very early beginnings to, you know, founder veterans and startup veterans, which is just such an amazing thing to be able to tap the slack is wild. It goes off. Yeah. The main the memes are great. <laughs> I think you hear a lot about about programs that say there'll be a community and you go, Oh yeah, sure, and roll your eyes and go, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll never connect to any of these people and form any real connection. But the startups in our cohort like legitimately have made such great connections with them. So excited to stay in touch. Like we're seeing a bunch of them at the Blackbird Sunrise Festival in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Um and I think that was a real unexpected benefit of the program is we have, you know, connections to 10 or so other startups that will stand the test of time. I'll say it here today. Um, and kind of we can grow with them. And I really didn't expect that to actually occur. I thought that was kind of just hype and talk. Are, are the rumours true? Are there Batco statues everywhere at every every event, every start night <laughs> event? He wheels it out himself. His and own just statue. It is yeah. true. It is you know true. What? I hear he actually makes them himself and puts them around in different places. That's what <laughs> that's that the rumors are true. We can confirm. But no, Phoebe's a legend too. Phoebe Pinker's doing some amazing work at Startmate, Phoebe, Batco. Bronte's yeah. amazing. Yui, Megan, they're all just fabulous. They're really good, good people. They'll they'll love listening to this podcast. Yeah, Don't worry yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. Stuff. I know. <laughs> all right. What about we got to get to like? I should get another T-shirt or something at least out of this. <laughs> yeah, podcast. I'm sure. Free T-shirt. Startmate T-shirts come from all of us. Should we wear the cannons at yeah. the next event? Bang. Startmate yeah. T-shirt for everyone. Everyone yeah. gets a T-shirt. Yeah, I'm drinking the cordial. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you drink it first, though. Yeah. Right? You drink it first. We'll see if you what happens. Mm. I, yeah. All right. What about at the back of demo day? I feel like it's a you've, back of the accelerator is designed. Set you up. Get you ready to go. And then out the other end with some sort of uh, a raise, some sort of scale-up opportunity. Can you go through or happy to share a bit more about next steps? Yes. Yeah, so we're raising at the moment. We um, have raised just under a million bucks, which is awesome for us. It's really exciting. Um, we're raising a little bit more at the moment just to, you know, give us that extra runway that's 
needed in this, you know, tricky, tricky market that everyone's kind of going through. Um, so raising a little bit now, uh, we've got our eyes focused on launching at this point. We're so incredibly close. Um, insurance companies are obviously a little bit harder to start. Uh, you can't just kind of build the tech and go live whenever you want. There's there's quite a few agreements to get done before then. So as, as frustrating as it is that we've you know, we've wanted to launch for so long and our tech's been ready for so long and our brand's ready and all of that. Um, we really want to get everything or, you know, we won't get everything right, but we want to get as much right as we possibly can before we launch it. And so just getting those final details done, that's really the focus um, for the next, you know, two months. And we really want to be in market before Christmas so that everyone can buy their Christmas gifts, their expensive gadgets and insure them with butter. That's the point. That's what we're aiming for. Big fan. I love that. I love so like <laughs> shit like JB Hi-Fi and stuff. They would be like people like that would be like perfect partners. Yeah, that's yeah. They would. Yeah, fucking. Yeah, that's dynamite, isn't it? That's such a fucking. Like, are you gonna? Is there spoilers? Is there nothing? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, we, can, no. we can fucking email them. Don't worry about it. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Don't worry. <laughs> it's in Lock, the send a message to customers. I was just thinking that. Yeah, everyone's fucking. Everyone's fucking. But what about the from a tech, a tech platform? Legal background, underlying. It's just legal tech. You know, it's gonna be a. It's a technology platform. Building stuff now. You're building. It's a lot of SaaS and stuff that's underneath. Underlying stuff that's gonna help actually do the things that you're talking about. How's that learning curve coming into a different um, industry like that? Um, it has been a large learning curve, um, but <laughs> we have slowly got there still a lot more to learn um obviously neither Cass and I are software engineers biggest regret of my life is not doing a software engineering degree I think um but it's actually been okay for us so we decided early on we would um, find a contractor to do our initial app it was the cheapest path for us and we thought the most efficient um to get to launch um and we found probably the most fantastic contractor we could although I'm probably a bit biased at this stage um who's been helping us out with the tech platform um and built it to date and like I don't know Cass and I can now talk the talk we can't walk the walk but you know I can talk about APIs and um integrations and um single page web apps for days now uh so it's all gone well so far touch wood thanks to five to one who is our contractor he's amazing um yeah I, I also think you know what's interesting is like a couple of years ago or even when we like really first started to talk talking to investors there are some investors who still say you know why do you think you can build a tech business when you have no technical experience like you have to have a founder that you know is an engineer or whatever I think it's a bit of an old school way of thinking now there are so many tools that you can use to get a business up and running um you know, you can use Stripe for payments. You can set up an e-commerce store on Shopify. You can use Bubble to kind of design your website. Use Figma to design your brand, all that kind of thing, or do your UX and UI. They're all so accessible now that I think um, that's made it really easy for founders. And if that's kind of a barrier to someone making a jump on their idea, it shouldn't be because there's just so much out there. Um, so we've we don't think that like that's really held us back at all, and it's it's become more normal now as tech resources, as everyone knows, are really dried up in Australia in particular and really expensive. It's almost become the norm to kind of use that contracting route or use those low code kind of tools. 
Is low it? codes. I'm all about the low code. The old MySpace. I don't know if you changed the HTML there, but I'd, I'd fuck around with that. Mine, mine was a train at one semicolon. point. Yeah, yeah. Mine was a train at one point. You click this different thing. I was like, oh, I'm, a, I'm going to be a coder. And then I looked at some of the stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, this is very fucking hard. You know what I mean? Like, all this sort of stuff. Like, like, you're sitting in your room and you're like, am I in the Matrix? Am I like, <laughs> I'm amazing. This he is still thinks about some of his ideas now, though. Don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. I actually had an idea. I thought I'd come up with The Truman Show. And then and then someone told me, do you know that there's a movie called The Truman Show with Jim Carrey? Because I was like, imagine if everyone in your life was an actor. And, stuff. and they're going, that's a movie, bro. I don't know if you've seen that, but The Truman Show, Jim Carrey. You got to write the sequel. You should write the yeah, sequel. True, true. But I was, yeah, true. And send it to Jim Carrey. Maybe he'll read it. I love Jim Carrey. He's actually he's a good dude. Shoot your shot. I will actually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Have you seen Yes Man? Remember Yes Man? No. I changed my life from watching that movie. I was going. I'm going to say yes from now on to everything. Everything. Yeah, I just think we've we talked to so many people on the pod, you know, that give us amazing insights, and yeah. you're you're watching Yes Man with Jim Carrey <laughs> going, I'm back in my life on that. <laughs> I reckon it's a safe bet. You know what? Just just don't maybe don't tell people's based on that movie. Just say I just I'm yeah. opening myself to opportunities from now on. It's the way you craft the narrative, well, isn't it? What know? about build, building a team? I, I, I imagine now that you're on the hunt for finding the right type of people, you you raise some investment, you start building it a perm team or the right type of people around you? What is that exciting? You're looking forward to you got people on the hit list. What are you, what's going on? I've there? got people in their inbox just saying, begging, begging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me. yeah. It is exciting. It's a bit daunting though at the same time. Like I think, it is daunting. Um, you know, putting aside the fact it's our kind of, you know, mother's our baby and we want it to be right. And we want to bring the right people into it. You, you're suddenly responsible for someone's income and, um livelihood and that's a really big responsibility to take on so we've held off as long as we can and stay pretty frugal till now um but we are looking for our first hire which is a software engineer just going to plug that um very quickly um to join the team and kind of take on a really big role of leading the tech for, for butter and being on the tools as well um and then we have in mind a couple of generalist roles like we we want to hire just really young keen passionate people that want to jump in and give it a go um want to do whatever needs to be done to to get funds to the next level really yeah it is scary and it's hard like you know you you really want to find the right people not just because like Steph said you're letting someone into like the thing that you've created um but also you don't want to have high turnover and you don't want people you know that are leaving after six months and it's it's just a scary scary thing to make your first hire but we're very excited about it and I think we also have a lot of pressure on ourselves we want to make the working experience and the vibe of butter something really amazing um especially coming from the corporate world where it's you know not always amazing um so i think we've we put a bit of pressure on ourselves for that uh we probably need to just hire and get over done which we will hey our partners the show heaps normal uh start mate alumni was it yeah. what do you call it whatever yeah. there'd be something on the back of some jacket isn't it yeah, yeah they've got yeah. a few jackets yeah. and the cordial cups but uh yeah. the question we ask all our guests is what's your version of heaps normal what's the thing that you both turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your lives uh, it's probably like just rest or and exercise, like, you know, going, going to the gym, having a, a little infrared sauna if I'm feeling 
a bit cheeky <laughs> uh, and just rest and just, you know, taking a minute to kind of recharge and, and re-energize. And, and side note, I love heaps normal so much. And my fiance at the moment is, tri- is training for a triathlon on Sunday and he's been on the heaps normals for like four months. And I don't think he's ever going to go back to regular, regular boost. <laughs> there you go. He's got to, you've got to convert. Life change. There you go. Love that. Marathon. Yeah. Jeez, Jesus. Triathlon. Yeah. Triathlon. triathlon. Same thing. That's like swimming. That's running. <laughs> that's like the. It's bike. a lot. I'm yeah. not doing it. Don't. You I'm can, not doing it. That's insane. next year, maybe next year, next year, next year. Oh my god. What about you? Sam? Um, for me, it's about really going back to my routine and like, what can I control in my day to just take the load off if I'm really stressed or I'm feeling a bit kind of down or whatever. So as Cass said, like getting up, making sure I get the exercise in, treating myself to like a healthy breakfast out, just something to feel a bit good about myself and go from there. Um, And I think that's been really key for us in jumping into this is making the time for exercise and never putting that on the back burner for butter. Um, I think everything's better when we've got our little routines in place that give us that mental health space, let us recharge, everything then kind of falls falls into line for us a bit better. I mean, it's such a cliche, isn't it? Like when people are like, oh, exercise is so good for your physical and mental health. But like, it just is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Sweat it yeah. out. Sweat it out. I'll yeah, you that's it. Heels, you know? That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, yeah. Get, get the blood pumping. You know what I mean? Get out and do things. When, you know, when I was doing less exercise, I'd feel myself like, you're happy to go into slob mode for a little bit mm. like longer. But if you're doing more exercise and then you, if I'm like a day or two and I haven't done anything, I'm starting to be like, all right. Yeah. My mood's definitely different. I need to go do something because I'm. Yeah. My form of exercise was a trampoline, and I'm like, oh, as a 31 cool. year old, you can't be. I can't be getting a trampoline put out the front, and now I'm jumping around after work. <laughs> the knees aren't as good as they no, used to go be. For it. <laughs> I go for it. Yeah, in the backyard. Yeah, I used to do. You want to? You want to know? You actually? Want? Yeah, that's a weird. That's a weird hobby, isn't it? Trampolining in the backyard. Hey, besides also, getting the product to market, what what's news? But uh, or what can we expect between now and Christmas? Is there anything you're taking time off or too busy or what's the what's the go with Christmas? No, no time off. It'll be full like ramp up, ramp up to launch. Um, we'll be at sunrise. I think we're actually on a panel at sunrise TVC to be confirmed. But we'll be potentially speaking there, and and we'll be seeing everyone there, which is really cool. I'm quite excited about that. Um, but yeah, just ramping up. I think like this is the critical time we've had, you know, all the preparation and it's almost like game day. Um, and then obviously then the kind of real work begins. Then you can't start learning what people hate, learning what people like, learning how to make it better um, and just, you know, getting a few policies out there and, and hoping to change insurance for the better. Mm. Finally. Searching for, par- for partners is the other one. So like yes, direct to consumer and then, the search begins for those amazing early partnerships. So, you know, retailers and brands that want to do something a bit different, offer their customers a premium customer service experience and and get to put butter at their checkout. So um, we're starting those conversations now and they're going pretty well. So hopefully we'll be able to do some announcements before Christmas as well. Okay. I'll email JB Hi-Fi. We'll be sweet. No, John? Yes. yes. Perfect. Yeah, I knew that this would be worthwhile. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for jumping on and um, letting us pick your brain. It's unreal to see what it's so exciting to see all the stuff that's ahead and um, pumped to see where it goes. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. This has been a Wellbeing Network podcast. (laughs) 